What's up, everybody? It's Katie Austin here, and welcome back to Austin AF. I am so excited because not only is Memorial Day weekend coming up, summer is coming, we're getting our bikinis ready, but it is also NBA playoffs season. One of my favorite times of the year because I feel like I finally watched basketball during NBA playoffs again. And I just wanted to reminisce on some of my favorite moments from the NBA playoffs before my guest Buster comes in. I thought this was very fitting, not only because it is NBA playoffs right now, but at the same time, Buster uh, has created Hoops Nation. He is really into basketball. He does so many entrepreneur things that I'm really excited to talk to him about because he is so young and created a basketball business, created his own TV show and his own podcast. So so I'm really excited to sit down and talk to him about that. But before he comes in the studio, I want to kind of reminisce on when the Warriors were killing it. Uh, hopefully they're still killing it when this airs right now and they're playing the Lakers. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to reminisce on all the good times that I had with my Warriors. I am a Warriors fan for like 10 years now, and I've gotten some really, really cool opportunities. Um, my dad actually has uh, one of the championship rings out there, and so... With uh, with what my dad does for work, I have really gotten to be in the family room, go to all the playoff games, travel for different games for the Warriors. And what's been really, really cool is honestly being a family at Oracle. I know Oracle, we're not playing there anymore, but at the same time, all the best memories come from that stadium and that arena. Uh, it was just such a tight-knit community at Oracle, and I remember winning a but I think it was two. No, we actually only won one time in Oracle. The other time was on the road in Cleveland. So um, I just remember so many after parties. It was so much fun going out the Warriors. But the one story I have was when the Warriors won at Oracle that one year. Guess who was first on the court besides the team? It was not the security guard. It was not any other coach or anything like that. It was Katie Austin. And I literally cannot make this up, you guys. So I had just just graduated from college at the time, or maybe I was a senior and my boyfriend was uh, a basketball player. And so basically when he won a really big game, we rushed the court. Okay. So me coming from that experience and coming to, you know, having the family pass on me, I was allowed to be right at court side. So when they won and the buzzer hit, I sprinted on the court. And I look behind me, no one's behind me at all. My family is still all courtside, and I am literally with like Stefan, Clay, and I'm looking around and they're freaking massive. My heels are on the court. I have a security guard chasing me and I actually have footage from this. Hopefully I'll be able to bring it up from my old phone, but it was one of the funniest moments ever. And um, anyways, I'm just really excited for playoffs to come back. And now we are going to switch gears because one of my producers here wants um, me to rate his dating profile. <laughs> so, um, Bring it in, Kevin. Okay. So I wanted to just do this because with Buster, I feel like we're going to have a lot of guys listening to the show in Austin AF. And so I just wanted to briefly go over some people's dating profiles. And I know this was like a really big jump from like playoffs to like dating profiles. But I have been off the dating profiles now for almost a year, eh, like 10 months. And so I wanted to just break down some dudes' profiles on what you should and shouldn't do. Okay, Kevin. 24. Are you ready for me to just roast you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I won't. Okay. First off, 
Really, really cute photo to start off. And your eyes are very awesome. I feel like eyes are a huge telling sign when I'm looking at a guy online because if you have your eyes closed or you're in a really, really huge group photo, I like can't see your eyes. And I feel like that you can really tell a lot from someone's eyes. I don't know if I'm just, that's just a weird thing for me. Um, What I don't like, Kevin, (laughs) I don't love how every single photo is like a professional photo. I feel like you should have like maybe like one fun like, you know, this is me in real life type thing. I know you uh, you say you're a cinematographer on here, so maybe that's why that uh, they're all professional, but maybe just like one fun one. I really do love how you have all solo photos um, because I can actually see what you look like and I see who you are, uh, but maybe one group photo. Show you can go out with the friends, you know what I mean? Um, okay, where is your height on here? Do you not have your height on here? I feel like a height is a really great thing to have unless you are what you should put your height if you're five ten and over maybe um okay then what else oh you know what I really like in Kevin's profile which I really really love well first off you say single like let's fucking hope you're single like shit you're on a dating app single vaccinated and ready to get my heart broken is his bio I love that you put vaccinated because that makes me want to hang out with you truly I, I would like to hang out with you because you're vaccinated I'm ready to get my heart broken I don't know a little morbid to me a little like uh you know um, maybe we should like be a little more positive. And then what I really struggle with on here and which I would be horrific at is that you link your Spotify. I think everyone would swipe no to me if they saw my top Spotify artists. So no one judge someone for their Spotify playlist because they can be still be a really good person with their hor- horrific songs like me. Um, what else? Ooh, you have your Instagram linked on here. I always do love when a guy links their Instagram. I think it is very open. It almost means like you're verified. Um, just because I could see you're a real person. I could see you have friends. I can see, you know, all your past experiences. This is awesome right here. Okay. So how do I plus press through? Oh, okay. So I tap it. Oh, I love that you're into astrology, dancing, sports, comedy, and movies. I really do like how you can see every single one. Wow. Okay. Um, anyone else's dating profile I should I should judge? Nathan, yes. I am here to judge. Kevin. Oh. Kevin, I give you an eight out of 10. Truly, I really appreciated that because I can actually see who you are. And I think I, I I feel like I know you from that dating profile. All right, next up. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So Christina has hinge where it gives you prompts to answer each question. And it's like, um, all I ask is that you, my love language is blah, blah, blah. You know what I freaking hate? And I've seen so many guys say this on their hinge dating profile. It's like where you'll find me at a party. Oh, with the baby or with a puppy. It's like, dude, that is so overused. We see right through that. Don't freaking say that. We know you're going to say you want to be with a puppy. That's how you pick up girls. We're not stupid. Okay, so Christina's dating profile. (laughs) Okay. Biggest risk I've taken, quitting my job and starting a new career in a pandemic. With a little emoji. I love this because it shows she's ambitious. Mm-hmm. It does. But at the same time, it's not too overly ambitious. Guys, don't freaking post the photo with Drake, the photo with freaking 
whoever, like Rihanna in your dating profile, you met them once, you're, they're not your homie. Like it's not cool to have a famous person in your fucking dating profile. It, it, we think it's stupid and cringe, especially on Raya. And also what I see right through on a dating profile is the overly ambitious, like entrepreneur, I think I'm the shit CEO of a random company no one's ever freaking heard of. It's so stupid. Um, I'm being so rude right now. I agree with everything you're saying. I would never date the guy that posted a picture of him and Drake. Thank you. Like, it's so, it's just, we see right through that ego. And it's just such small dick energy. Um, okay, what I really like is talking about traveling on here. I know um, we are still in this crisis of the world right here, but traveling prompts a lot of good questions. Christina has on here, all I ask is that you have TSA pre-check. That tells me she's a cultured gal. And it prompts that, oh, where's your favorite place to travel to? Where do you want to go this summer? What's the first place you're going to travel to after quarantine? Great questions to prompt. And you know what I also love about both of these profiles is that they're not overly showing their body. When I had a dating profile, mine was bikini pick after bikini pick. And let me tell you, it attracted the worst kinds of people in the entire world. So don't like overly show your body. Even if you have that six pack, let's be a little bit modest on here. Okay. I love these photos, Christina. Uh, what I do ask is like maybe like, Maybe like one of you that's like with a group setting, like it shows you're, you're a fun gal. It, I see that you're a fun gal. You are holding a pizza in this, but you know. <laughs> All right, next. All right, last but not least, <laughs> we're, we're rating the third and final dating profile before Buster gets here. Ooh, Isaac, 24. His photo shows him in a mask. Isaac, we love you, but does that mean you're not vaccinated? Anyways. Isaac, how do I get to your profile? Fuck. Hit it. Swipe up. Oh, he has Bumble. I love that we have three different dating profiles. We're going to do this again, by the way, in another episode. Ooh, okay, 6-1. I know what I'm getting. I just don't want you to be 5'10 when you arrive to the fucking date. Then, active. I love that you're active. Ooh, I love that you put your sign on here, but that's very LA. If you say your sign in a dating profile, I think you're super LA. Are you really LA, Isaac? Isaac? Oh, Isaac, are you super LA? I don't know. Okay, well, it looks like you are if you put your dating profile on here. Okay, masks in the first two photos. Wow. Oh, well, <laughs> Isaac, I feel really bad because your photo is with Kobe, but that's okay because it's Kobe. It's very different. I, I completely agree with that. Okay, good. He, Isaac has what he said, if you didn't hear that, Isaac has a lot of pictures of celebrities, but having a photo with Kobe is different. And I agree with that. And I actually love Kobe so much that I would actually swipe right just because you have that photo. Um, okay. I need to know more about you. I don't see anything about you on this dating profile. And so if you could write any sort of bio, I don't know anything about you. Your, your Instagram's not linked. I just see a, a few photos, which are very good, cute photos. I will say that last photo definitely needs to be first. And then, um, I don't really have much to say because there's not much to judge you on here. You need a little bit more. I, I don't know who I'm getting, and I don't know if I'd meet up with you on a first date because there's not enough information. You know what I mean? Okay. Thank you so much, you guys. 
<laughs> All right, you guys. Um, I think that's good for me roasting for today. This this segment will be back. So if you guys want me to roast your dating profile, we literally, that was kind of a lot, but at the same time, I kind of really like this segment, so I want to keep it going. So I want you guys to DM me screenshots of your dating profile. I'll keep it anonymous, but I will rate them, and I'll tell you what you need to be doing better, what you need um, to get rid of, and what is doing really well at the same time. So if you're a girl, a guy, whatever out there, uh, send me and DM me your dating profile. And um, I think Buster's here now. So let's do this. All right, you guys, we have Buster in studio today. Thank you so much for coming in. I know it's been a long way for where are you in Connecticut now? I'm in Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. So he flew here to LA just for the Austin AF show. No, I'm kidding. Right, right. <laughs> we can go with that though. <laughs> but to go along with it, because I know you were a New Yorker and you've been there a while, so we got you a New York pizza. Wow, thank wow. you. Wow, the crowd goes wild. Are you hungry? Uh, I'll have something to eat. <laughs> it's not a New York pizza. It's uh, in LA, so it's going to be probably like, you know, only a 6 out of 10, not a 10 yeah, out of 10. Yeah, 30% as good as New York pizza. Okay, so pizza is your favorite food, you said? It's it's up there. Yeah? It's up there for sure. Okay, what's number one? Uh, pasta and burgers. Mm. But, and, and steak, too. So it, it's probably a combination of the three. But mm. it just depends where it is and where I am. This is true. Yeah. If you are in L.A., maybe, like, the Italian scene is just not as good as New York, so you probably want to save that to, when you're in New York. It's true. It all depends on where you are. That's, you know, favorite foods uh, change based on location. I agree. Okay, so for those of you who guys do not know Buster, I have been inspired by you. Truly, I've been inspired by you for the last few years now um, because, first off, you're seven years younger than me, and you have accomplished so freaking much. You got started when you were, what, 14? About that, yeah. 14, okay, in the social media world, helping start with overtime and, and starting your own company. I just would love you to just give a little bit of background on who you are, how you got started, and how you got started so freaking young. Yeah, so, you know, like I think any uh, super authentic business starts, it starts from passion, right? So I was a huge basketball fan, and I just started writing about basketball and fantasy basketball on Facebook just because I enjoyed it and I hated school. So I was like, all right, let me let me try to figure something else out that I enjoy doing that I'm actually good at. And I did that for about a year, and nobody cared. Um, literally 500 full-page blog posts about why I thought this fantasy basketball player was a good pickup and this one wasn't and, and that sort of stuff. So is it hard to keep blogging when you have no followers? Well, I didn't care. It was never about people seeing it. It was just about enjoying it. I love um, that. And then I decided to make it a little bit broader and start talking about the NBA, and that caught a few more people's attention. Uh, and then when I was 14 or 15, oh my I, I decided to cover all levels of basketball. And that's when Hoops Nation started around then. And at that time, too, I moved to, from Brooklyn to Connecticut. And the high school that I then went to, and this is my sophomore year, uh, had a local radio station. So I started broadcasting girls JV field hockey. And, Gotta start somewhere, and, baby. <laughs> and, you know, at that point, I thought I'd made it. I was broadcasting, you know, on local radio. And the thing that I now understand in retrospect, the reason why nobody was listening was because anybody who cared about the game 
was at the game. <laughs> there was nobody yeah. else. No offense, I don't know about JV field hockey. Yeah, there, there, was, <laughs> like... there was nobody else. But then, you know, started moving up and, and broadcasting basketball and football and then eventually the state championships. And then I won best in the country for play-by-play for under 18 when I was a junior. Um, and at the same time, I was building out the Hoops Nation side of things and, and started learning how to video edit and uh, understanding like the early Facebook algorithm, which was... Uh, super video friendly, sort of similar to how TikTok is now, but on a much bigger scale gotcha. with all ages of audience, not just super young, right? Uh, so I, I figured out how to get like 10, 20, 30 million views on any Facebook edit that I did. Oh my gosh, at age like 16 or 17. Yeah, like 16. Unbelievable. And, and I just started building these Facebook pages for myself, for other people. Uh, and, and that's sort of how things began. And then, you know, fast forward, uh, I just fell in love with the business aspect behind, you know, companies that I care about and, uh, you know, helping them out and, and the digital side of things. So, but Hoops Nation's still going strong. Full team runs it all. Uh, you know, seven plus million followers across all platforms. And, and I own it all, which is fun. Uh, never took outside investment, which there aren't that many media companies that can say the same. Um, But I think that's super important because it means that you don't have to call to anybody. You don't have to listen to anybody. You can do whatever you want, whatever you want. And I think freedom is the greatest thing in the world. So if you can create that in in sort of a business context, it's it's super valuable. I feel like you're just saying all these amazing accomplishments so nonchalantly. And whenever I talk to you, you're 20 years old, but whenever I talk to you... (laughs) Um, I remember meeting you at like 17. You've always had this like older persona. Like I always just feel like, oh my God, he's like 35 at heart because you've accomplished so much and you've taught yourself so much. And I always find it so inspiring that you are a guy that can do it all, which for me is like extremely hard because I look at you and I'm like, okay, you do the Facebook ads, you do this, you run a whole company, you run like six companies, you have like people under you. How the hell do you do it all? I have a lot to unpack with you, but let's start right there. I think the most important thing, you know, the the most difficult thing that you just mentioned is having people underneath me. And the way that you do that is by being incredibly selective with who uh, is working with you. And having somebody work with you or having a business partner is like getting married, right? Because I'm going to have to text them at 1140. I'm going to have to hop on FaceTime with them at midnight, you know, on a Wednesday, right? Do I want to do that with that person? If the answer is yes, then, or the answer is okay, then sure, let's work together. I want you to be part of the team. If the answer is no, I'm not going to bother. Even if it's a great opportunity, but I don't want to get married to you. We're not doing it. How do you yeah. trust that person to run a business that's almost like your baby? You created it from the ground up. Well, you test, right? So, um, you know, you you see if something works. You do it on a small scale. And then if they, you know, either do exactly what you want or you tell them exactly what you want and they're able to get one-tenth of it and then two-tenths and then 30% of it, uh, then then that's a really good sign that it'll all work out. And it's so crazy because your leadership skills and your CEO skills and running a company are so amazing, yet you've never really worked for a company. Like you've never, you know, you've always run your own stuff. How did you 
really get these leadership skills? Do you think you're just born with them? You're just an ambitious dude. What really drives you? You know, neither of the above. I just know that, you know, for anybody to actually do anything, they have to be incentivized. Um, and if you're able to properly incentivize everyone, it doesn't come from me. It comes from themselves, right? So yeah. if, if, if somebody's working on an individual project, I want them to get the, the benefits of the success of that project, you know, as close to as much as I am or more than I am as possible, yeah. right? Because then that'll, that'll make it not about me, which it never should be. You know, it should be about them. And, uh, you know, people say it all the time, but if you have people working for you, uh, they're not working for you, you're working for them. And you just have to incentivize people accordingly. And if everybody's incentivized, really great stuff happens. Damn. Okay. So what drives you? I know you mentioned passion before, um, but is it just like you're so in love with basketball or what really is it? I'm in love with the freedom to do anything, right? So um, I could Same. disappear for three months and everything would be fine. Same. And that's so crazy to think about, um, you know, but uh, I, I want to just keep building, you know, the 10 to 20 projects that I'm working on right now. Plus, I'm sure more that will come up. Um, but, uh, you know, keep and build them all to the point where they can live on their own. Um, you know, Which is be, really nice. You can take be, two weeks off <laughs> and everything can keep running as smoothly as it, as it usually should yeah, without you, you. You want people who are better than you are, right? So Okay, huge tip. Let's actually harp on that for a second. Yeah. You always want to hire someone who's like better than you, right? Because yeah. that's why, how I feel it. It's like, you know, you want, <laughs> as my assistant's sitting right there, I want someone to tell me what the fuck to do. I need that in my life because I have too many things going on in my life. So you need someone better than you. Um, and can you kind of explain what you mean by that? Yeah, so I think it depends on the situation and project, but if you're running a media account, you want somebody who's more creative, who's going to put more time, who's going to put more effort in, and is, you know, maybe a better copywriter than you, or maybe a better editor than you. And I'm not that good at that many things, but I know that, so it's very easy for me to get people in who are better at each individual thing than I am, because I'm totally. not you know, super good at one specific thing. Right. You have to also focus on what you're really good at and what you're not good at. You have to give it up. And I've learned that recently. Um, I'm good at teaching workout videos. And so I'm not as good at the editing side. So I, I am starting to learn how to give things up, but it's, it's taken me a really long time. So when I look at someone like you, I'm like, damn, you have it all together. And I know you're a really ambitious dude. I know you have crazy dreams. Well, nobody has it all together. That's the first lie that anybody will tell you. No, nobody has it all together. I know. Nobody. But you, <laughs> I look at you though, and I'm like, you do do it all. You really, really do. And I am struggling right now a little bit because I, I have such big dreams and I know what I want to do. I just having trouble get there, to be honest. Do you ever feel overwhelmed with everything you're doing? No, because you got to just remind yourself like what, what's, what's really going on, you know? Like if a meteor were coming towards Earth, there was, there's nothing that humanity can do about it, you know? And little things like that give you perspective in a way that, you know, I think sort of cures all of that. I love that. I, I, th I really do think that perspective solves every problem. 
I really, I love yeah. that. And like practicing gratitude and practicing like everything that you're grateful for in your life for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot, everybody's got a lot going for them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more than people think too. That is very, very yeah. true. Um, so I saw something where basically you, you didn't go to college, right? Yeah. Um, you would be what, a junior in college right now? Be a junior. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but you, sp- you speak at colleges, like you spoke at Cornell. Does I that spoke at Columbia? Columbia, Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. You spoke at Columbia. Does that ever just like blow your mind that you are speaking at these universities that like you know they are teaching and you you know learned all of this from being in the real world? You're you're growing your business in the real world and not going to school. And they're like teaching these kids. You know, I went to USC, but like some of these professors had no idea about social media, and I was in a social media class. Is basically <laughs> what I'm trying to say. And they've like yeah, never even ridiculous. had Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. And not trying to like down my school because I love USC, but at the same time, sometimes it's like. How necessary is a class on digital entrepreneurship and social media and all those things when you can learn it in the real life? Well, I think increasingly it's more and more ridiculous because of how fast things change. So, you know, TikTok becomes super relevant and it has a great uh, algorithm for being able to discover new talent. There is no chance any professor is aware of that because they're not in the trenches, right? right? They're not, they're not they're posting on TikTok, seeing how their content performs. So how are they supposed <laughs> to teach it? It makes right. no sense. But that's true for, for most, uh, you know, pretty much everything that doesn't require post, you know, grad, you know, education uh, is pretty ridiculous. Because for anybody that's teaching it, uh, that means by teaching it, they're not doing it. And by not doing it, they're delayed on what's actually happening in said industry. So for you to be able to properly understand what's going on, you need to be talking to people who are actually doing it today because of how fast things change. The market, so true. Uh, any industry. And you know that's one of the reasons why I'm not the biggest fan of most, most college classes. No, totally. Yeah. Especially with what we're doing right now online. And I... I uh, got this advice a few years ago when I was pretty lost and I didn't know what I was doing at like age like 22 or 23. And the guy said to me, he was like, you really don't know what you're going to do because the industry is changing so fast. Like this is the time before like TikTok blew up, obviously, because it was a few years ago and before I was on YouTube and all these things. He's like, you have no idea where you're going to be because you don't know what platforms are going to rise. You don't know what new technology is going to come up. And it kind of made me a sense of ease because in a year or two, there's going to be other social media platforms out there. There's going to be other things that we can, you know, get really big um, on being an influencer on, you know? Totally. Yeah. You know, there are Platforms popping up every day. I think what is important, though, is being an early adopter to those platforms. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's the biggest secret to social media. So if you're not early. an early adapter, so someone is did not get on TikTok when they should have, mm-hmm. um, and they want to join TikTok now and become a TikTok influencer, do you have any advice for that? You 100% can. It, you just ha- your content has to be better than everybody else's. I mean, if, if, if the competition is, if there's more competition then you have to stand out from that if there's less competition. But uh, one thing I will say is you want to spend time, if you're just beginning, on platforms that are, it's called content deficient platforms. So platforms that have more viewers than people posting. Say that one more time. Content (laughs) deficient. Okay. So they don't have enough content on the platforms, but tons of people are watching. So that's why platforms like TikTok can push your content out because 
they have more people looking for content than they have content to supply that need. That Whereas so Instagram won't push your content because they aren't content deficient. They have right. more than enough Overload. content. They have too much content. Okay. That's why they diminish organic reach because there are too many people posting. TikTok, not enough. LinkedIn, not enough. Twitter, too much. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you are an expert on building a personal brand. And I always struggle with the fact, this is like an intervention with you, I struggle with the fact <laughs> that I am stuck in a niche, but I don't want to be in a niche, but also having a niche is good for a personal brand. So I'm in this like fitness wellness space, um, but I also want to show myself. I want to be real. I want to do way other things outside of the fitness niche. And so my advice to people trying to grow a personal brand is I, I contradict myself all the time. I'm like, find a niche, find something you're passionate about and talk about it, but also be yourself. Talk about everything and anything. Do you, what do you think? Do you think if you are trying to build a personal brand, you should go either way, find something you're passionate about or show everything? You should do whatever you want to do, right? But most importantly, when you are stuck in that, because I've had that in the past from coming from basketball. So the majority yeah. of people that have followed me at many points are basketball fans. But the trick to get out of that is just to get out of your own head. And the reason why people who have niche personal brands don't post about things outside of it is because they're like, oh, this is going to get less likes. This is going to get less comments. Less people are going to care about it, and people are going to hate me for it. And? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, though. It, that is hard, though. I, I will say I, I posted something yesterday, Pretty Real, and I got a lot of hate comments on it. And it, it hurts my feelings. Do you ever get hate comments that hurt your feelings? I feel like you're very... You're very, um, you know, strong about that, though. I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. But how the how do you not care what anyone thinks? When I was 20 years old, Buster, I couldn't be an influencer because I would care so much. Well, I think you have to think about where any hate, like you would never comment hate on the internet, even from an anonymous never. account. Oh my god, <laughs> that's right? so weird. Okay, so now think about somebody who does. And has an op the opposite mentality as you. True. Why would you care about somebody who has that mentality? Right. And I always try to think like if I'm sitting in a room with them, um, by the end of the talk, they I know that they're just coming from a, a bad place and yeah, and they're unhappy. And I, you know, feel more empathetic than ever, anything about that. Like that must suck. Yeah. <laughs> to feel that way about other people. No, it really it really yeah. must suck a lot. If you are taking your time out of your day to write a hate comment, that must be really hard on your soul. Let alone how little you care about your own personal brand to have so that true. out there. Like you so just true. you just don't care about relationships with anybody. Yeah. You're just reckless at that point. So true. Yeah. Okay, Buster, I feel like I just have so many business questions for you and I'm kind of all over the place here, but I am wondering. Okay, I see you on Instagram. You wake up at what time? Like five? No, oh, I don't wake up at five. I'm not crazy. It depends on the day. You know, I, I, I have seen you wake up at five and do your workout every single day. And I've, then you get to do the work. And then you have a live, uh, a live an Instagram live at like 5 p.m. I saw that last summer. I have done that. I've, do, I've done everything. Some days I'll wake up at 1 p.m. Some days I'll wake up at 4 a.m. It just, it just, it just so how do you how organize your life? How do you prioritize what you need to do in time management? I struggle greatly with organizing like what I, be, I need to be doing and kind of like telling myself what I need to be doing. So any advice for someone out there like me who is growing a personal brand and it's sometimes like hard to realize what I need to prioritize because I am self-employed. Yeah, I would say focus on the bigger decisions, right? You know, if you make three really great decisions every day, you're going to be the most successful person in the world. 
I love that. Right? I love that. Three but, big decisions every single day. I mean, to lead three you is way too many. Like one is amazing. Yeah. If you make one great decision. People worry too much about the little stuff. It's I not, think three small decisions. It's like, what time too. do you wake up? Doesn't matter. What time do you work out? Doesn't matter. Like, who do I hang out with? Doesn't matter. You know, it's like all these things. Like, should I upload this at 10 a.m. or 2 p.m.? It doesn't matter, you know, but what does matter is what do I, what do I want this to look like in a few months? Um, and what can I put in place that, you know, other people yeah. can help with outside of me? Or who do I work with? You know, who do I spend a lot of my time around? Um, you know, like what quality of like deep relationships are you building? Like that's the stuff that really matters, not, you know, the little stuff that like everybody worries about and asks about like even routine to a certain extent, I think sort of self boxes people. That's why I like, I, I have things on my calendar that like, all right, I have to be there and I will be there if I say I'm going to be there. But, um, you know, other than that, I'll just do whatever I want. Yeah. Right. I feel I feel sometimes I am a victim of this hustle culture that... Oh, it's so toxic. It's so, it's so toxic. toxic. I see these people online and yeah. they're like, I'm going to wake up this time. I'm getting all these things done. I'm hustling so hard. And I'm like, okay, but where is that taking you to the next level? You know, and, and what is that meeting actually going to do for you? I, I do believe that every little thing that you do will add up and it's for a reason. But at the same time, I have started working. This sounds really bad. I used to work like, I'm not even kidding you, like 14, 16 hours a day. But I, in the last, like, I feel like in the last month, I've worked like four hours a day, which is very unlike me. Um, and it, it's all about working smarter, not harder. And I know that's a very mm -hmm. cliche term, but it's really, really true. Yeah, I'd probably work even less than that. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds, like, the important stuff will be on the phone for two minutes, and I'll feel like, all right, that was enough. <laughs> There's for, no need for an hour Zoom call sometimes. That was enough. Yeah, somebody on my way here, somebody's like, yo, can I give you a quick call? I said, can you text? One text. That's gone. it. The That's whole it. 15 minute phone call turned into one text. And a lot of this stuff is just, it, people love to feel like they're working. And the, yes. second, the second that you get out of that and you don't feel like you're working anymore, um, and you can turn a, a Zoom into a text and you can turn, uh, you know, that those, a meeting, an in-person meeting into an email, uh, you are able to uh, spend your time a lot better and work a lot less. Yes, I actually experienced this recently. My dad said the exact same thing as what you just said. People need to feel like they're working. I had a workout shoot the other day, and the person, the the people who, the company I did it with, just micromanaged everything I, I did. And when I say it was a 20-minute workout and I had to be there for like, you know, six hours and like something like that, I would get that done in a 20-minute workout in 20 minutes. And my dad made a really good point. Other people need to feel like they're productive. And so, you know, just just remember that when they're, you know, you know a Zoom call, hey, do you, can you hope on a Zoom call for like an hour from three to four? And all it is is like, oh, how are you holding up during this time? And it's like, dude, just get to the point. But I also think that's our generation. I think that I don't know if that's being, you know, a little bit out there saying like the older generation is very stuck in this nine to five culture. Um, and I think Gen Z I'm actually a millennial, but I think Gen Z is breaking out of that culture a lot. And I think social media plays a big part of that. Totally. Yeah. And it's also about, you know, being able to, you know, merge things together, not necessarily multitask, but if you do have to take a phone call, take it while you're walking on a treadmill or walking outside, 
you know, don't ever just sit down. Yes. Like, you know, you know, I do that too. Every phone call I have, I just go and put my earpods in and I just go for a walk. Right. Cause why not? Why? Right. There's no need to like sit at home and do that at all. Um, and so also going off the fact um, that, well, you are 20 years old. And sometimes when I, I have people on the show, I say, what would you tell your 20 year old self? And for you, you can't really do that. So I actually want the opposite from you, basically. I want you to think not of yourself at like 35, but someone out there who is just starting out might look at you and be like, oh my God, I'm like panicked. I'm 15, 20 years old or 10 years old or five years old or whatever. And he one has all, year old, yeah. one year old or anything like that. <laughs> and and as we get older, society tells us like we can't start anything. We can't, um, you know, start a new business and time is running out. But at the same time, like you have so much time, no matter what age you are, is there any advice you would give to that person who is so much older than you trying to do a personal brand and what you're doing? Well, I think the only people that will tell you that you can't do it are people who didn't do it themselves. Anybody who has done it, uh, you, you should always look for advice from people who have done exactly what you want to do. Taking advice from somebody who tried and failed at what you want to do is no good. Taking advice from somebody who didn't do what you want to do is also no good. So you have to seek out people who did exactly what you want to do and ask them. The answer will always be you can do it because that's the truth. And there's nothing special or proprietary about, any, about me or anything I did. It's just that I was passionate about it and put the time in and talked to people who did what I wanted to do. And then I sort of went out and tried to do it myself. And took action, though. That's huge. You not just had passion. You took action. And you worked hard. And, and another big thing I will say, I eliminated every distraction. Like, that, like, for real. <laughs> like, no alcohol, no girls. Like, all that, you mean? Distractions? Everything. Like, Damn. And for four years, I didn't go on a single date. I didn't go to a single party. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't hang out with anybody, just work. So how do you have fun? <laughs> well, if, if you're doing what you love, then it's always fun. Oh, I yeah. love that. I wish I could just like be so content with my career and doing it 24-7. Yeah. I'm the type well, of girl who needs a margarita but, on a Friday. But, but if, like I, I do, I set up, you know, sort of my schedule so that I'm doing so many different things that I enjoy. Like I'm obsessed with sports totally. cards and collectibles. So like I'll, you know go to a sports card store and buy and sell and trade cards. And like right. that is work because it's filmed or, you know, I'm doing it because it's like fun. Uh, but, you know, it's all, it's all, it all just adds up. You know, you just got to do literally only what you love, but figure out how to monetize it. And then if you're able to monetize it to enough of a point where, you know, your other time is just free time that you can build things in that free time, then you start to, you know, create all these different revenue streams around your passions. And that's, what I think that's is. when you're golden, different revenue streams. Yeah. Um, you talked about talking to other people in your industry mm -hmm. and who was successful. Do you yourself have any mentors? So many, everybody. Yeah, all, all my close friends are 30 to 60 years old. Wow. Yeah, like my inner circle, average age is probably like 50. Who would you say <laughs> is your biggest mentor and what um, advice do they give you? You know, it, it changes and it also depends on the niche, right? So like, uh, it, it, um, in like general life stuff, it's a gentleman named Ben who, uh, actually owned the building that I lived in in New York when I turned 18 that I moved to. Damn. And I, I had asked him where I was going to move in New York and he's like, you're not going to move anywhere except for in my building. And then I lived there for two years, um, and saw him every day. And, you know, he's definitely on like the life side of things. Like he, he tries to get me 
to get out of my comfort zone from the sense of like, you have to go on dates. Like these are things that you have to do as a human being. And, and, and I got a lot better at that after I turned 18. Um, after I turned 18. Yeah, I got, I got a lot, I got a lot <laughs> Sorry. better at, at that. Me at 18 thing. was just a shit show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but business-wise, if you had a mentor and they gave you a great piece of advice, is there something that sticks with you um, that you know kind of changed your trajectory of your career, or is that too like broad to say? No, I, I think the, the best advice that I think about very often is you want to get successful and rich very slowly. Um, because the quicker you rise, the harder you fall. And in an era where everybody wants to blow up overnight uh, and get rich quick, it's not built for sustainability. And I'll use, the, I'll use an influencer example. I think the average influencer career is shorter than the average NFL career. I think the average influencer career is under three years. Um, and the reason why is because any content that requires a dopamine-based reaction uh, eventually leads to desensitizing your audience. Because if you're looking for oohs and ahs and, whoa, that was crazy, or like, you know, even in some cases for models, right? Um, you, can't, you have to continuously post things that are more and more extreme to get a greater and greater reaction. But as you, if you don't post things that are more extreme, your audience gets desensitized to the content that you're putting out. But if you do get more extreme, then you get closer and closer to a line that is what's socially appropriate and what's not. And that's where people getting canceled happens. That's where uh, burnout happens. That's where all those things happen. So it's either you desensitize your audience and lose all engagement, or you run yourself into burnout. And that's why the only influencers that are properly able to exist long term are people who aren't even influencers anymore, like the Joe Rogans of the world. Holy moly, you just dropped so much knowledge in that last two minutes. And it's something that I actually really needed because, again, we live in such a fast-paced world. And for me, I'm the type of person who is like, okay, what are we doing next? How are we going to get there? Blah, blah, blah. But slow rise is so, so important. And I, I actually do believe that because I feel like I've been slow rising for the last seven years. Like, if you actually you know, take it and you're like, oh my God, this girl's been doing what she's been doing for seven years. She should, one of my, my, actually my cousin said to me, you should have like 2 million followers by now. Right. And I'm like, but like, I am never going to be the type of girl that's going to be like, here's how to lose weight fast. Here's a butt workout that you're going to get a bigger butt for. Like I have to be just, you know, I have to like be myself and I'll never like sell myself out for something like that. So it's been like a really slow rise and I get really upset and down on myself. So Thank you for that advice right there. No, yeah, it's super true because, you know, uh, and I think the worst thing also that can happen to somebody, let's say you start a TikTok account today and your first video gets 50 million views. I think it sets you up so bad uh, for future success because, A, you have no catalog of content. People can't go back and look at the other stuff you've done because you haven't done anything. Um, and then good luck trying to repeat that right? Yeah. It's impossible. It's an impossible task. I don't even want anything I do now to do too well because then it, uh, it's very hard to improve on those things. Yeah, I you completely, want, you want to very steadily rise. Completely agree. And it's almost like, okay, well what's next? And then you're so hard on yourself because you can't repeat what happened and, and like how you went viral, um, and how like well you did. I, I actually struggle with that currently. So Buster, 
you're seven years younger, but you're literally just dropping so much knowledge right here. Um, okay, so now we are entering a segment um, called Mood Boosting Mantra. Basically, oh, wow. this is where I have, and I feel like you've already said so many amazing pieces of advice, but basically, if there's any mantra or quote or something that you say to yourself that keeps you going every single day or something that inspires others coming from you, um, we'd love to hear it. You know, I have this thing, it's called No Days Off Seas. I don't know. Uh, and I've seen it on your Instagram. And I, I decided to start this about a year ago because I realized that the only thing that would prevent me from working out as consistently as I wanted to was, you know, just thinking that I needed rest days, right? And I'll I'll explain what I mean by that. And rest is important for sure. And recovery is super important. But uh, it's very easy to take a second rest day if you take a first rest day. Yes. But if you take no rest days, then you have to do something every day. So it's no days off season means A, uh, get some exercise every day like move every day, go on a walk every day, or work out, lift weights, play basketball, whatever it is for for any individual. Um, But then it's also, you know, no days offsies when it comes to like respecting other people and treating other people really well and, you know, trying your best at doing whatever you want to do and making sure you have fun every day and do things that make you happy every day, even if it's ridiculous and it doesn't make sense towards your businesses, you know. That, that's something that I think about and post about constantly. Love that. Yeah. Um, okay, and now I want to know what you're up to right now. What's next? I know you have your own show, The Buster Show. And who has been your favorite guest on that? Favorite guest? Besides me. Yeah, you've been on. You've been <laughs> on. That was a great episode. Yeah, it that was. That was really fun. Definitely got me out of my normal... Uh, conversation. I feel like you talk about like basketball, sports, and and your your cards and stuff. And we talked all about like dating and yeah, life. that was a fun episode. <laughs> um, but you know, podcast super passionate about. It's called the Buster Show, and uh, and then I have another show called Talking Shop, where I interview like collectors and entrepreneurs and and people wow. in the you know collectible industry show off like you know Abraham Lincoln signed documents and things like that. Oh my gosh, um, how do you find these people to be on that show? You know, I, I've gotten to know enough people from going to in-person shows that they'll just connect me to, you know, friends of theirs who have, oh, this guy has a crazy collection. You should talk to him, this guy. And, and now a lot of people reach out to us. But, uh, you know, somebody who owns an auction house, they're selling $200 million of items this weekend. Hey, can we come on and show off our best stuff? Yeah. Um, because they sort of use our show as a catalog now to, like, get to people who, you know, look at that and are interested in buying that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, those are the things that, you know, public facing that I, I, I'm working on right now. And then I want to hear, you're the host of the crew, what's it called? Crew yeah, League? Crew League. Crew League. Okay. Yeah. Explain to us what Crew League is. Yeah. So I, I do the play-by-play broadcasting for the Crew League, which is a show on Revolt TV. Uh, it's produced by Diddy and it so is cool. a league where, uh, rappers and artists and their crews, so like their entourages, their A&Rs, their managers, their stylists, their best friends growing up, all play against each other in four-on-four basketball to 21 on a shrunken 48 by 48 court. And uh, we just wrapped this weekend. Drake came to the championship. So cool. It was, it was and really you fun. co-hosted with Jack Harlow. 
Yeah, so I'm play-by-play, and, and Jack Harlow is a color commentator, and Drewski, who's a really funny comedian, he's also a color commentator. I want to know what it's like to work with Jack Harlow. Tell me everything. Is he great? He's the smoothest dude you'll ever meet in your Gosh, life. Gosh, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> What's popping? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm so lame. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, I think that's where we'll end because God bless my heart. Um, but Buster, thank you so much. And you're at Buster on Instagram, that's at me. Buster Show. As at well, the Buster Show, at the yeah. Buster Show. Thank you so much. Thank you for all your advice, your knowledge, your insight. You're a freaking entrepreneur. You're amazing. Everyone, me. go follow him. And I will see you guys next week. 